0: Hello, welcome to the BL Portfolio Podcast coming from Business Line's in-house research team. At Business Line Research Bureau, we slice and dice stocks, mutual funds, insurance, and other financial products, as well as give you sound ideas to manage your money. I'm Satya Suntanam, Research Analyst. The much-anticipated IPO of Paytm, or 197 Communications, with an issue size of 18,300 crore rupees, is opening this week. Most of you who are also users of the super app must be excited about it, just like me. But what is this business all about and how can it create value for us as investors? To understand this and to decide whether one should subscribe to the IPO or not, we have with us Kirti Senegacity, Research Analyst from our Research Bureau. Hello, Kirti. Can you explain in brief how Paytm earns its revenues?
1: Satya, for 197 Communications, revenues flow from four segments. Payments, financial services, commerce and cloud services. The first and the biggest chunk is from Payment Services, forming about 62% of its consolidated revenues in FI21. This includes all the transaction fees and commissions it earns from money transfers, in-store payments on Paytm Mall, recharges and bill payments, Either from the customer or the merchant, or in some cases from both. Next is the financial services, which is a minuscule 4% of its revenues now. This revenue comes in the form of the transaction fee or referral fee, brokerage, or other subscription charges the company levies on services such as digital banking, including FastAg, PayTM wallet, deposit accounts with PayTM Payments Bank, loans or VNPL referrals, wealth management, and insurance cross selling it does on the PayTM Money Act. Paytm also offers services such as selling travel and entertainment tickets to its customers, advertising, and app listing on the platform, which can generate more commerce for the onboarded merchants. Besides, to help improve their business operations, it provides software and cloud services such as billing, ledger, vendor management, customer promotions, catalogs, and inventory management services. This commerce and cloud services currently forms about 22% of the company's service.
0: Oh my, so many services. I heard it's monthly transacting users, that is the active users, grew at a compounded annual growth rate of 15% to 4.1 crore and merchants grew at 37% CAGR to 2.1 crore over FI 19 to 21. If that's the case, then their revenue must also be growing at a good pace too, right? With so many services being offered, uh, makes it a good growth bet, right? Right. Uh, Well, that's the point to note, Satya.
1: The metrics on customer and merchant onboarded and the value of transactions made through the app, which they refer to as the gross merchandise value or GMV, have all surged through the years. But its revenue dropped by 7% CAGR over FI 19 to 21 to rupees 2,802 crores. The average take rate, which is, you know, the average revenue earned per transaction by the company, is at about... 0.69% 0.69% in FI21. And mind you, this further dropped to 0.61% in the June 2021 quarter.
0: Oh, Why is this take rate so low for the company? Is it likely to move up nicely any time ahead?
1: No, Satya. The take rate may remain low for the company going ahead. Given its huge dependence on payment services and RBI's current restrictions on the transaction fees and merchant discount rates, it's highly likely that the take rate may remain at less than 1% for the company. Besides, that's not the only risk for its revenue scalability. The company also faces formidable competition from big and small players in the growing Indian digital payment space. I mean, think of the numerous apps one has on the App Store to make digital payments through their phone.
0: Yeah, you're right, Kirti. So now that explains the risks to the revenue growth. But what about earnings? I know it's a fintech Currently burning cash. But uh, what about the years to come? How do you see them generating profits going ahead? Yes,
1: it has no history of profits. And the path to profitability ahead is also not clear. Its EBITDA loss margin improved from a negative 130% in FI19 to a negative 59% in FI21. But this was achieved through a massive cut in their marketing and promotional expenses, which fell from 95% in FI19. 17% in FI 21 when taken as a percentage of their consolidated revenues in those years. These are expenses on digital marketing, brand marketing, sponsorships, cashbacks, pay-team points and other promotional expenses given to customers or to merchants for incentivizing both their acquisition and retention. These expenses again surged by 64% in the recent June quarter. If you're wondering why, Imagine a case where your cashbacks and discounts on Paytm payments were withdrawn. To what extent will you still continue
0: using the app? Okay, I get your point. So cash burns are a given, going ahead too, right?
1: looks likely to be the case. The company sits on a healthy cash balance of about 2,498 crore before the issue as of June 2021 and plans to raise another 8,300 crore to the IPO. This is only the fresh issue portion of the offer. Of the proceeds, it intends to earmark about 4,300 crores towards quoting from the DRH, growing and strengthening the PATM ecosystem, including through acquisition of customers and merchants and providing them with greater access to technology and financial services. What this implies is, among other things, a rise in marketing and promotional expenses is a given, and this time, it's being funded by the issue proceeds.
0: Okay, I get it. So Paytm is still a startup by all means, uh, despite more than a decade of its existence. Are there other risks that one should note? Yes. One risk is the complex
1: structure of the company. It has 32 subsidiaries, including Paytm money, and there are other uh, some 17 uh, foreign subsidiaries as well. 10 associate companies. One of them is Paytm Payments Bank and other joint ventures too. How the revenues are consolidated into the holding company is a complex task to decipher. As if that was not enough, there are numerous intercompany transactions too. Another risk lies in the company's scattershot approach towards payments and digital banking landscape, instead of focusing on only you know, select segments and looking at profitable growth. For instance, the company's associate PayTM Payments Bank is now eyeing a small finance bank license. With no prior experience in credit underwriting, how it will handle credit risk going ahead is another added uncertainty. Besides, the companies also hawked media limelight for the wrong reasons in the past. Just before the uh, announcement of the IPO also, uh, it was in the media uh, limelight for uh, many senior management personnel exiting one after the other. The timing of exit raises more bros, given the money from ESOPs they may have left on the table post the issue.
0: Ah, way too many red flags in the business, right? Well, thank you, Kiti, for being the buzzkill. Much needed this one verse. That's all from us. Thank you, all listeners, for tuning in. Let's meet next week with another interesting topic.